Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> but why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? I said to my father, I said, I don't know who that guy is, Daddy, but I want to be him. 
You know, I want to be a drummer just like that guy. And I started playing when I was like about five, six years old. Wow. And, and who would have known like that would have led to everything else? I mean, I, I, I really didn't realize like you actually started. What was it with? Um, you filled in for Frankie Avalon and his group. Uh, uh, well, it wasn't his group. It was a guy. His name was Rocky uh, Rocco De Laurentiis, and he had a band. And he was like uh, the front of the group, uh, and the band was called Rocco and the Saints. And the drummer, Chippy Brancata, got sick. And, you know, I've known Frank since I was, you know, 10 years old. So Frank called me and said, well, you think you'd be able to fill in, you know, for Chippy? He was sick. He got a flu or something. I said, yeah, sure. And I filled in, and it was a place called Bay Shores right outside of Atlantic City in Summers Point. And uh, the bass player from another group called Billy Duke and the Dukes. He saw me. I did some singing. I did some impersonations, played some drums. And he said, I'd like to manage you. Well, I was like 14, 15 years old. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, yeah, talk to my father. And basically, that's how everything started. His name was Frankie Day. His real name, his real name, Francesco Cocchi. <laughs> well, here's one for you. My real name is actually Bay is my nickname. My real name is Basso Ragni. Okay, Basso so Ragni. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, something else I saw too, which uh, I was uh, a little taken back, was uh, Sam D'Amico down on my yeah, was Avenue. My, uh, your yeah, he was my. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, he used to teach in uh, in his house. Well, actually, I guess it was his mom's house on the 16th and Wharton. And my dad used to take me, you know, for a half-hour lesson. And uh, Sam really liked me at a very early age, and my lessons became like an hour uh, with Sam. And I studied with him for a couple of years. And after that, he said to me, Bobby, I can't teach anymore. If you want to, you know, pursue, he said, you have to go to New York study with a guy by the name of Sam Yolano. And I said to Sam, I said, you know what, man? I said, I, I, I'm through studying, man. I just want to play now. I just want to sit behind a set and play, you know. So, you know, I, like I said, I took lessons with Sam for a couple of years, learned how to read, you know, uh, a, a drum chart. And, um, and then I just started playing with bands and, uh, one of the first bands that I wrote, this was before taking lessons. Uh, <clears throat> there was a kid in South Philadelphia whose name was Pat Azara, and he played guitar. Well, Pat Azara later became Pat Martino, you know, one of the great jazz guitarists oh, of our day, okay. you know. But we were kids. I mean, Pat was like, I think I was, I don't know, 13. And Pat was like 11, and at 11 years old, he was, you know, he was a monster guitar player. And yeah, that, uh, and then he later on became to become Pat Martino. And a few years back, I went to see him at a club here in Philly called Christie's on Sansom Street. And he introduced me, you know, from stage, and he said, you know, everybody knows how good a singer Bobby is, but you really don't know how good a player he is. And he called me up. And I sat in, you know, with the band, and, you know, I played some fours and eights and stuff like that, and it was kind of cool. Now, do you still uh, play from time to time, or...? Oh, yeah, I still have my set. Matter of fact, uh, today, uh, a gentleman by the name of Carmine Apice, who played drums, oh, yeah, for, yeah, he played drums for Vanilla Fudge, 
and he's coming over to the house because he's doing the thing tonight at a place called The Vault in New Jersey, and I think he's got a book out as well, or he's either going to talk about his book or, you know, do, you know, some kind of a seminar, and I'm going to introduce him. And we became friends because we were at a thing called The Chiller. It's a big uh, autograph convention uh, up in uh, Parsippany, and he was sitting right next to me, you know, signing autographs, and I was signing autographs, you know, he was doing, you know, you know, signing sticks and you know, steering, uh, uh, heads of of uh, of, of uh, an eight by twelve tom tom. So we became really friendly. So he's coming over. We're gonna you know bullshit, maybe play some drums, and then go to his gig. You know, tonight. Right. Actually, um, <clears throat> a good friend of mine is putting that on tonight. Uh, and is it oh, 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 really? Uh, he used to own uh, South Philly <clears throat> South Philly Music South, uh, over across from the Melrose. Oh, okay. Okay, he's Tommy putting Hunt. that on? Oh, how about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's funny. So, uh, now here was something, too, like uh, your your first real true big hit, Kissing Time. Did you ever realize right. the band Kiss had covered that on their first album? Oh, yeah, uh, years later I did, yeah. Uh huh. Totally different version than my version, you know, but I remember that they did, you know, uh, re-record it. Their own style, of course, totally different yeah. you know, version than mine, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, like being so young, like uh, you know, like you're saying, young teenager here, you're you're playing, you're playing clubs. Like, it, it seems like it was really like like people really didn't blink an eye at it. Like you're 14, 15 years old, you're playing a club out by Atlantic City. Like it was no big deal. Well, you know, when my dad, <clears throat> excuse me, this was after the war was over, but my dad was, you know, he was drafted as a lot of fathers went over. And my mom and my dad used to write back and forth. And I was three years old at the time. This is 1945. And uh, my mom would write, the baby's always singing, the baby's always singing. And my dad wrote back, and I still have the letter in my possession today. And he wrote back to my mother. He said, uh, who knows, Jenny, maybe one day we'll have a star in the family. You know, and if I had any talent within me whatsoever, my father was the first one to see it. And he used to take me around to clubs in the area, you know, and ask the club owner if my son could get up and, you know, sing a few songs and do some impersonations. I was like seven, eight years old. And he took me everywhere. Erie Social, 2-4 Club, BR Club, Club Dahlia, uh, Ski Holies, uh, uh, CR Club, uh, which was the private club of Palumbo's. So I, you know, I I started doing this stuff, uh, you know, at a very early age. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't see that today. <laughs> It'd be very rare to see something like that today. Yeah. Well, there's no more clubs today as well. You know, those days are over. Yeah. Now, how about um, uh, a big point in your life too uh, is when you met Frank Sinatra. Oh my God! Yeah, I was 19, and I was the youngest guy to ever, you know, work the Copacabana. And one night, my dad, my manager, and I were there to go see Joey Lewis, comedian. That Sinatra made mm-hmm. a movie called The Joker is Wild about Joey's life. And I was doing German television. And I was going to meet my, my manager, Frankie, and my dad. I walk into the club, and Carmine, the waiter, said, uh, he said, would you like to sit with Frank? Now, I didn't know who he was talking about, you know, because my manager's name is Frank. I said, I'm just going to go down and join them, Carmine. He says, Bobby, Frank. I said, Frank. He said, yeah, he's in the Cedar Show. Make a long story short, Frank leaves the club, and uh, and I said, yeah, I kind of, you know, I was in, in awe. 
and I blew my chance, you know, just to say hello to him. I go upstairs to say goodnight to Jules Fidel, who was like the boss in front of the Copa, and through the kitchen doors, Sinatra comes, and I went to Jules Fidel. I said, Uncle Julius, who we used to call him. <clears throat> I said, all I want to do is shake his hand. He said, you want to meet Frank? He had a real gruff voice. You want to meet Frank? And Frank was sitting with Sammy Kahn, Jimmy Van Usen, Richard Conti, and Joe DiMaggio. And uh, and Jules hits him on the shoulder. He says, I'd like you to meet the kid. And Sinatra stood up with those blue eyes. He looked at me, put out his hand. He said, how you doing, Robert? He called me Robert. I said, fine, wow. Mr. Sinatra. He said, would you care to join us? I said, it'd be my pleasure. And I just sat there like a mamaluke. You know, I didn't say two words. <laughs> right. I, I, I was in awe. You know, I was just listening to the conversation. And, and, and uh, Frank turns to me at one time while sitting at the table. He said, what do you drink, Robert? And I said, Coke. You know, I figured if I said scotch of water, I'd get smacked in the face, you know. But that was my first, you know. And um, that night we took pictures. And he's got, uh, let me see, I'm trying to remember the picture. He's got his left his left arm around me, and under his right arm he has my album, Rydell at the Copa, and he signs it oh. to Bobby. Yeah, to Bobby, best always your friend, Frank Sinatra. And then after that, I was in his company quite a few times, and he was always marvelous. He was always really, really nice towards me. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. amazing. That's, that's Yeah, awesome. really. Yeah. Now, how he, about he like... Was... Um... No, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, like being so young, do you like you always hear today of like uh, like child stars um, going down the wrong path, you know, right. with the, yeah. the the excesses of, of quote unquote Hollywood and stuff like that? Did, right. did you like catch yourself doing the same thing at that young age? No, no, not at all. You know, because you know when my dad used to take me around to the you know the clubs at a very early age, that was kind of like my vaudeville. You know, and uh, when I became successful in the business, I kind of more or less knew what I was, you know, getting into. Not like a Justin Bieber whose mother puts him on YouTube and he's like 14, 15 years old and overnight he's right. a sensation and making millions of dollars. You know, well, you know, I don't know how anybody that young could handle that. You know, sure. and it, you know, it. It, and it did, you know, it, 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 it kind of screwed the kid up, and I, I certainly hope that, you know, he finds the straight and narrow when he, you know, starts walking the straight path, because evidently the kid is very talented, and he's a good singer, and you just hope he doesn't screw himself up, you know. Uh, I, you know, all of us guys back then, myself and Avalon and I guess Anka, and, you know, we were kind of like, you know, uh, for the lack of, you know, you know, I I also think that family had an awful lot to do it. You know, with that, you know, with my dad, with with my grandparents who came from Italy, so on and so forth, and you know, a lot of love, warmth, and respect in the family. So I, I think that had an awful lot to do with it as well. Have you ever asked, like, over the years, like, as these teen stars have come up after you, um, were you ever asked to like mentor any of them or or no, talk to any no. of them? No, no, uh, no, I, no, I've never met you know any of the, any of the uh, younger stars. Truthfully, 
But when you hear something like, with a Justin Bieber, I know, like myself, like, I just want to smack the kid upside his head. Like, don't you see Well, you know, you're right. You know, you know, grow <laughs> up, you know, you know, grow, smell the roses for crying out loud, you know. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. There's only a, a really one guy that I'd like to meet, and uh, I admire him. His name Michael Blue Blay. Uh, I okay. think he's a real, yeah, a fine singer. And matter of fact, his first song that introduced him to the public was a hit record for me back in 1960, and that was Sway. And that was the first thing that introduced him, you know, to the public. He re-recorded the song. Wow. I'd like to do a duet with him, you know, on Sway. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, really. Now, something, too, which I, I found out is uh People have have said to you like by you deciding to stay in South Philadelphia, it kind of like ruins your career. Well, you know, Avalon said that to me years ago, and uh, he said, you know, it's a shame you never moved out here, Bob, because Frankie moved out there, you know, in the early '60s. Right. And he said you could have had your own TV show. You would have been doing a hell of a lot more movies, more than you know, just a one bye bye birdie. And I, I told him, I said, Frank, I said I can't hack it, man. You know, I'm I'm not a West Coast guy. You know, I love the East Coast. I love South Philly, and I never really did made the move. You know, to the West Coast. Maybe if I would have, things would have been different in my career as far as TV. I mean, I did an awful lot of TV. He's talking about having my own TV show. You know, doing much more movies. And, you know, I never did it, and, uh, I, you know, I'm not sorry, you know, because I had, you know, and I still have, I still have a wonderful career, you know, working. Right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, right now, like, with what I'm doing with uh, with my show and, you know, our website and all that, like, I kind of, like, feel the same way, like, uh, you know, my roots are here, my roots are South Philly. Right, and, right. And I... I'm kind of I'm really proud of that, and and I also feel like so much talent um, and entertainment has come out of Philadelphia. Oh, absolutely! Like, and I'm proud of the heritage, and I want to keep that heritage alive and yeah, and going, yeah. and and you know, and and I want that to shine. I want Philadelphia to shine the way it should. And I like I I I understand like you not wanting to go. I, I get it. Uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, really. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, all of, you know, it's the old saying: you could take the kid out of South Philadelphia, but you can't take the South Philadelphia out of the kid. And that's so very, that's very true. You know, that's where that's there. That's where my roots are. You know, <laughs> right. Now, when the Beatles uh, came upon, now they kind of like, I guess, was like the new uh, the new genre of music coming through, and it kind of like phased out the the teen idols of you guys. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, and that not only uh, the Beatles, but no, a lot of the groups that came from the UK. I mean, this jockeys just started playing, you know, British music, and then after a few years, they started realizing, hey, let's get back to playing, you know, American product. You know, and not it, it, it hurt me, you know, to a certain degree, but it hurt a lot of us. You know, all of us yeah. supposed teenage idols back then. But you kind of roll with the punches. Every career has its, you know, peaks and valleys, you know. And uh, if you can hang in there long enough, you know, things are bound to change. And like I said, this is my sixth decade, you know, in the industry. So, really, yeah. (laughs) When you look at the industry now, do you kind of like shake your head at the the way things have transpired over the years, the way the music business is to now today? Well, you know, first of all, I, I don't even listen to what's going on today. You know, if I get in my car, I'm listening to 50s on 5, 60s on 6, seriously, Sinatra, <laughs> WIP Sports Talk Radio, you know, and then, 
that's what I do. But, you know, everything, you know, of course, the kind of money that, you know, they're making today is absolutely phenomenal. It's ridiculous, you know, money. I mean, but every, you know, back then, you know, in the late 50s, early 60s, the money that I was making was, you know, you know, for us, you know, you know, really astronomical, you know, numbers. Sure. Compared to what, what the hell's going on today, my God, you know, the... These acts, they're, they're doing concerts making a million dollars a night for crying out loud, you know. It's out of control. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> hey, God bless them, you know. What are you going to say? Yeah. Now, you um you actually released a, an autobiography last year. Yeah, well, actually, well, yeah, it did come out. Uh, actually, it came out in May of, uh, of uh, 2016. And uh, the book is called Bobby Rydell, Teen Idol on the Rock. A Tale of Second Chances, and it's really a good book. It's a very, very good read. I'm very proud of the book, and it, it goes from like three years old up until today, you know, being, you know, 74 years old, and I've been doing a lot of book signings, Barnes & Noble, and so on and so forth, and a lot of fans have been coming out, you know, to the different places that we've been going to doing all of the book signings, and uh uh, you know, the, the, uh, on Amazon uh, right now, uh, Amazon.com, it's like you know, if you read all of the reviews, they're, you know, out of uh, 100%, like 95% are all five-star reviews on the book. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, really. Did did you, like, have the uh, the thought of writing a book for a long time? or No, no. Matter of fact, you know, uh, I mean, through the years, you know, after you do a show, you sit around, you start talking, you know, and, and just things come out. And I remember when I was, you know, in my early 20s, you know, they would say, Bobby, you have so many great stories. Why don't you write a book? And I said, who the hell wants to write and you know, read a book about me, you know, at 22, <laughs> 23 years old? Now that I'm 74 and I, you know, live my life, you know, there, there's an awful lot to tell. And, and the book is brutally honest. I mean, it goes into family and my drinking problem after my first wife passed away via breast cancer to the point where I had to have a double transplant. And that, that was a new liver and a new kidney. And that's, that was July the 8th of 2012. And, uh, now this coming July will be five years since my double transplant surgery. Wow. Yeah. But that's all yeah, in the book. Good. I mean, I'm sorry. I saw the the picture of you uh, in the hospital. I guess before the transplant. Yeah. And no, I think it was after. It was, it was after. after? The yeah, yeah. It was after, and it was so funny. Um, we, when I say we, Avalon, Fabian, and myself, we have a show called The Golden Boys, and the show is really, really great. We started it back in 1985, and we're still doing it today. Matter of fact, I leave next week for Palm Springs to do uh, a show at one of the casinos with the guys. So we were in Florida, and we and normally after a show we have a meet and greet. And an elderly lady came up, and she had old, you know, uh, 45s and, and, and you know, uh, old 8x10s. So she was very, very sweet. And she said, Bobby, she said, you know, I'm so happy for you. I prayed for you during your surgery, and it's so wonderful to see you, you know, how good you look. And she said, may I ask you a question? I said, yeah, for sure. She says, and it was it was it was so f- funny and brutally honest. She said, I didn't know that they shaved your head for transplant surgery. And I looked at her and I said, sweetheart, I said, this is a hairpiece. And she looked at me. <laughs> she 
she looked at me and she looked at my hair and she went, no, it's not. I said, do you want me to take it off? I'll take it off, you know. <laughs> but it was precious. It was, at, it was really precious, yeah. I looked at the picture and I'm like, that's not him. Right, yeah, right, like, yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't, I mean, you, you're upfront and honest about it. I'm sorry? You're upfront and honest about it. You, you, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what the hell? You know, who cares? That's what my mother used to say. My mother used to say, why do you tell everybody you wear a hairpiece? I said, who really gives a shit? Who cares? You know. <laughs> I got it. Nice. It's in my box. You know, I call it Fred. That's my friend. Boo-boo. <laughs> Be quiet. My dog. <laughs> so yeah, I saw you have a you have some book signing coming up uh, actually in, in Delaware County out by me. So I'm, I'm going to come out and say hi. Yeah, for for sure, mate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are you, are you talking your, about the book sign the book signings? Yeah, the book signing. I'm seeing. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, March, you got a couple up in. Uh, yeah, Coles right. PA. Yeah, we do. Yeah, matter of fact, I think I'm going to be at the vault. Uh, I forget the exact date in March to do a book signing. Yeah, here we go. The vault at Victor Records. Okay. Yeah, in Berlin, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the place. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. All right. Yeah, make yourself known. You know when you when you do come. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you have a show coming up uh, next week out in Coachella. Right. Yeah. And then I come home. I'm home for like five days, and then I go back to Florida, do two dates in Florida. And then I come back, and then my wife and I were going to one of our favorite places in Cancun. We've been. This will be our third time there, just to you know, just to relax and hang out in the sun, and you know, just have a nice time. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Bobby, I want to thank you for uh, for taking my time. pleasure, Bay. Thank you ever so much. If I can get you to to cut an ID for me, this is Bobby Rydell. And you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Okay, sure. Totally what? Totally Driven Radio. Okay, okay, yeah, sure. You ready? Yep. Hi, this is Bobby Rydell, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Awesome. Bobby, thank you so much. My pleasure, Bay. Thank you. Take care, and I'll see you in March. Okay, you got it. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. All right, welcome back to the Radio Radio, the one and only Bobby Rydell. Such an honor. It really was. It was truly an honor um, to get to talk to him. So happy. So, um, yeah, make sure, you know, Bobby's out there. He's still doing performances. He's doing uh, book signings. Just go to his website. Check it out. See if uh, he's coming to a town near you. Uh, he's a great guy. So, there you go. So everybody, thanks for tuning in, checking out the Bobby Rydell interview tonight. Uh, we'll be back this weekend with Toes and Radio Mox with an interview on the state action this afternoon with Jack Russell from Great Way. Uh, from Jack Russell's Great Way, I should say. Uh, so check that out. It's an amazing interview. And uh, a lot of things coming up. Just make sure you keep up to date with our website, social media, at uh, toesandradio.com or of us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Toes and Entertainment, Toes and Radio. So until next time, stay driven, everybody, and see ya.